0: As a reminder, the information provided in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only. It is not intended to be a substitute for professional advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek advice of your therapist or qualified mental health provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or mental health disorder. Never disregard professional medical advice or delay in seeking it because of something you've heard on this podcast. The host, guests, and podcast network are not responsible for any actions or decisions you make based on the information provided. Now, let's dive right in. Hello, friends, and welcome once again to everybody's favorite therapy theme podcast. This is This Changes Everything. I'm your host, Sarah, and with me, uh, my favorite people, always you, the listeners. That's right. This week, we are answering more of your listener questions. You know, it's Valentine's Day this week, so I have a whole bunch of great uh, relationship questions, a lot of questions about um, the early stages of relationships and great stuff about communication. So I'm really excited. I feel like love is in the air and hopefully these questions and these answers will help you guys communicate healthier and have you know, the great, wonderful relationships that we all want and are all deserving of. So let's kick it off. What do you say? Here we go. Question number one. Hi, I'm three months into the healthiest
1: relationship of my life as far as communication, openness, and honesty goes. The sex is fantastic, our love languages are the same, and we align politically. However, we don't really have anything else in common. He's kind of a party gamer, gym boy, I'm a nature gal who likes to read. We're having fun exploring each other's hobbies and new hobbies together, and we agree it's good to have interests outside of each other but I'm worried it could go in a couple negative directions. One, after the newness gets old, do people end up reverting to doing only the things they liked in the first place? And two, in these opposites attract scenarios, do you often see one partner losing themselves and or hobbies to spend time
0: with the other and end up feeling resentment? Thanks so much. Well, thank you so much for this call and for this question, because I feel like a lot of people can really relate to this. You know, It's like, how much do I have to have in common with somebody to make it work and what are the differences that we can tolerate within a relationship it also sounds like you want to address this worry that you have about potentially losing yourself or maybe feeling some resentment in know, having to change or let go of hobbies so how do we do this you know it sounds like you guys are already exploring each other's hobbies and you know discovering new ones together but that little tickle in your tummy that says oh i don't want to lose myself or am i just going to end up resenting myself or or resenting him because i'm not doing the things that i used to do is something that i think is important to listen to you know maintaining individuality is so important and nurturing those interests and hobbies that you have on your own is a really, really positive thing in a relationship. It is totally okay to have different interests and different hobbies. Uh, You know, if those interests and hobbies maybe affect your social life and how you guys plan on spending the weekend, then that might be something that can play into the dynamic of the relationship and be something that needs to be communicated. But it is totally okay for you to pursue hobbies independent of your relationship. I mean, not only okay, but really crucial and important to the relationship. You know, I always am reminded of this study that was done on, uh, or like survey of these couples that have been together for, I believe it was like over 40 years and they ranked or rated their relationship as a good, healthy, happy relationship. And they asked each partner, when are you most attracted to you know, your partner, your significant other. And across the board, the answer that they got over and over was I'm most attracted to my partner when they're doing what they love, when they're like fully engaged and just like in, in it with what they love. And it doesn't even matter what it is. It could be, oh, I love planting and gardening, or it can be, I love, you know, being that boss at work and, and, uh, you know, doing an awesome presentation and and sharing that with my partner, like the times when we really are attracted to our partner is when they're the best versions of them. And so in order to keep a relationship really healthy, we have to do the things that fulfill us and do the things that make us feel like the best versions of us and sometimes we have it in our head, this, this backwards idea that if I put a lot of attention or, or energy into my hobbies and my interests, then it's saying that I don't, care about the relationship or I'm taking time away from the relationship when really it's like a rising tide floats all ships thing here. It's like we put rela- put energy into us and how we feel and being the best versions of ourselves. And what happens is we bring that best version and very fulfilled version into our relationship and our partner like, oh yeah, remembers why they were attracted to us to begin with. So it is super okay to presume pursue your own interests and do things that make you feel fulfilled. And the opposite is abandoning our interests. And when we do that, we end up feeling this long-term feeling of resentment that may arise. Like we've, We are, in a way, abandoning our own needs. And when we self-abandon, resentment grows. We start becoming resent, resentful of the people around us, and we're really, in a way, upset at ourselves for, yeah, that, for self-abandoning. So, remember, you do not have to let go of individuality when you are in a relationship. And how do we even communicate this or how do we talk about this? With regular check ins. You know, this is a time where we communicate these feelings. You guys are brand new, you're three months in. You know, you say this is a healthy relationship where you guys can communicate your feelings. So, Talk about this, you know, have honest conversations about expectations of time spent together and time pursuing, you know, individual interests. If it feels like you are, I don't know, becoming... Less important than the gym, say, you know, maybe understanding why he needs to go to the gym and what he gets from that can help you have a little more empathy and understanding for his pursuit of his interests. And maybe will help with some of the feelings of, oh no, the, he thinks the gym is more important than me, or something like that. Because those are often the thoughts that we have, like, he's going to the gym and he wants to do that more than he wants to hang out with me. No, what he wants is he wants to bring the best version of him to those times when he hangs out with you. And maybe in order to do that, he needs the mental health benefits that come from, exercise and going to the gym and that camaraderie he feels there or you know the achieving of goals that he feels there so having a conversation with each other and understanding why you're interested in the things that you are and why you want to pursue these you know interests apart from each other and together is super important and will help increase that empathy and that understanding and decrease maybe some of the anxiety and when you communicate this discuss how you guys can support each other's interests while at the same time you know nurturing these shared activities that you do together you know maybe there's a way that you guys can do some physical activity together where it kind of bridges the gap between being your you the nature girly and him like the gym guy like is there something outdoorsy that can be also fitness related like hello a, a intense hike can totally fit the bill for that. So, you know, make compromises, but communicate. This is all about just deciding what you guys want to do together and what things fill your cup independent of each other. And, you know, keep in mind that we all change and grow and we have different seasons of our life. There are times I know for myself when I've really felt like, oh yeah, I want to go out all the time. I want to be really social. I want to be, you know, Out and about. And if you met me during those times, you might say, wow, her hobbies include going out and, you know, being somewhere different every weekend. But then there are other times where I feel like I'm in the hibernation period of my life and I want to stay in and I want to be more of a homebody and I want to spend time local and not travel. And, you know, things change. So you guys are new. It's only been three months. You know, the person that we are, they're they're like those unchangeable things like, is this person a nice person? Do we communicate well together? Do we have, you know, like you said, like politics maybe that align or beliefs or morals or values that are similar. Those things probably fixed, not changing. But whether they like to, I don't know, go out and stay out till 2 a.m., that might not be fixed for forever. That might be something that changes over time. And can you guys find compromise in the relationship to both pursue your interests and individual hobbies while having, I don't know, similar and shared goals for the relationship in the long run? You know, I think this is all about compromise. And I think this is all about following that gut and not losing yourself in a relationship. I think that is the biggest thing. That is the, those little, signs, those little, I don't know, like to me it feels almost like this like whatever the red flag feeling is, there there's like it's like our gut instinct, something that says, uh, I'm getting upset about this, and I need that means I need to do something about it. And that do something about it might mean or might be putting more energy into your own interests without the feeling of guilt about it, without feeling like, oh man, I'm taking away from my relationship or he's going to think that I'm not interested. No, just the opposite. Pursuing your own interests is so healthy for the the relationship, like I said. So thank you so much for this call. I hope this answers your question. I hope you just give yourself permission to have your own interests and your own fun things that you like to do, and then share them and share that joy and that enthusiasm with your partner. That is the thing that is going to keep you being the best version of yourself, which ultimately will help the relationship be the best it can be. So thank you again for listening. Well, before we go on to our next question, let's take a minute to talk about something that's kind of an embarrassing topic, but affects so many people. And it's affecting me right now. I know a whole bunch. I'm talking about hair thinning. That's right. Approximately 1 in 2 women will experience hair thinning, and if you are one of these people, you are not alone. I'm right there with you. And it's complicated, you know. The problem is actually much bigger than your hair alone. Like your skin, your hair is a reflection of your health, and internal factors can impact the way your hair looks and feels and grows. And so I use Nutrafol and Nutrafol is a whole body approach and multi-targets Underlying root causes, pun intended, like stress and hormonal fluctuations and nutrition gaps, for visibly thicker and stronger hair. Nutrafol is the number one dermatologist-recommended hair growth supplement, with over one million people seeing thicker, stronger, faster-growing hair with less shedding, me included. So you can take your first steps to visibly thicker, healthier hair. For a limited time, Nutrafol is offering our listeners ten dollars off your first month subscription and free shipping when you go to nutriful.com and enter promo code CHANGES. So find out why over 4,500 healthcare professionals and hairstylists recommend Nutriful for healthier hair. That's nutriful.com spelled N-U-T-R-A-F-O-L.com, promo code CHANGES. That's nutriful.com promo code CHANGES. There you go.
2: Hello. Thank you so much for making this podcast. I love your podcast. It has helped me through so much in my life. Um, I have a two-part question, and it involves friends. So I find myself constantly being the therapist friend, and I find myself being, I guess you would call, the most wise of my friends. And it starts to get a little detrimental to my mental health, I think, in the way that I get very frustrated sometimes with my friends. When I constantly see them making poor decisions, or I guess decisions that I wouldn't make myself. So, I guess my first part of my question is how do I keep myself from being so judgmental when there are some things that I need to accept that people need to experience themselves? And there are some things that I really just want to shake my friends and be like, why did you do that? Why? What was your thought process during that? And I guess a lot of it involves, like, relationships that they're in or choices that they make with money or just things like that. Um, And the second part of my question is specifically my best friend. We've been best friends for two years, and they've been through a lot of trauma with relationships and cheating and feeling not good enough. I know they suffer from terrible insecurities and self-esteem issues, and I'm finding myself always listening to them talk about this person that they're dating and, or these people that they're trying to get to like them, and it never seems to be enough, and they never seem to want to be in a relationship with my friend, and then my friend will continue To be in a relationship with these people or beg or hope for these people to like them someday and just things like that. And it starts to get to the point where I don't really want to hear it anymore. And it makes me feel like a bad friend because I want to help, but I also have given so much advice that it's not taken and they keep going down the same paths and choosing the same kinds of people. And I'm just wondering how to navigate that as a friend. It's getting to the point where I get a little resentful of them. Um, I get a little judgy. You know, it's like, why do you keep doing the same things if you're not getting the, the outcome that you want kind of thing? So if you could talk about that, it would be great to hear. I'm just trying to find a way to be a better friend and be a little bit less judgmental, but also make sure that I get my points across.
0: I love a friendship question today. You know, we're talking a lot about relationships because this is Valentine's Day week or the week of Valentine's Day. Um, but relationships and, and relationship dynamics are 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 also present in friendships as well. You know, friendships need a lot of the same things that our romantic relationships need, like healthy communication and empathy and understanding and compassion and non judgment all of these things are opportunities to practice these skills to help us have better friendships, better relationships and just be better versions of ourselves and raise our emotional intelligence, right? So it sounds like you are really frustrated, you know, with these this friend and the poor decisions that this friend's making and it also sounds like playing this role as everybody's like quote-unquote therapist friend is kind of affecting your mental health as well. So let's answer those two questions you have. First question you had was, how do I keep myself from being judgmental? What are things that you need to do to accept the people in your life? And what a great question to ask because that's something that you're in control of. You know, you get to decide how much the actions of somebody else are going to affect you. Can you care for this person without carrying the burden of their problems or their actions or feeling like them choosing a different path is in some way a personal attack or you know something against you? That is stuff you can work on. You can look, on, look at how can I release myself from... Feeling responsible for another person's actions? Or how can I accept the person or the friend that I have in front of me? How can I love this person without wanting them to be any different? You know, that really is what love and acceptance and and friendship is all about. We can. You know, want the best for our friends and want them to be the best versions of themselves. But we, in order to love somebody, have to accept the version of them that they are right here and right now. And the fun, this funny thing happens when we do that is when we are able to be the most compassionate, and accepting, and non judgmental of the people as they are right here, right now. People tend to. Do better. They tend to uh, uh, sometimes rise to the occasion and feel like because of that safe space and because of that acceptance, they can achieve goals and they can be better versions of themselves. That doesn't happen in a judgmental and critical environment. So, how do you go about challenging some of those thoughts? Well, we practice empathy and we practice acceptance, and you know, really getting in your head that. This is the, their journey and everyone's journey is unique. You know, even if you have to say it over and over to yourself, this is her journey and and this is unique for her or whatever it may be. And really recognize that people need to make their own mistakes in order to learn and grow. You know, that is how we learn the lessons. We, it's very, very hard to learn them from somebody else and so much easier to learn them IRL, Right. And also people are going to make mistakes and and that's important. Like I always think of the expression, smooth seas never made a skilled sailor. So protecting her or, you know, like trying to make it so she avoids any sort of challenge or, or hardship or, you know, for example, like, something that happens with money or mistakes like that, that's, there's no lesson. There's no learning in that. There's no skilled sailor that is made from that. But I'll tell you the mistakes that I've made in the past that I'm sure some friends rolled their eyes at are the things that helped me not make those mistakes again in the future. And we all have to learn those lessons for ourselves. It doesn't matter how much, you know, a friend may want us to be different. We sometimes are on our own, not sometimes, all the time, are on our own path towards uh, finding what's best for us and and learning these big life lessons. So it sounds like your friend needs to learn some lessons and you need to kind of let her do that right now, maybe release some of that judgment. And the second part of your question sounds like there's some struggle in setting boundaries with what is information that you are willing to hear and kind of entertain and listen to. Um, and especially engage in if the person isn't willing to change. And that is something that you are definitely allowed to do as a friend. You know, we don't have to, being a friend for somebody and being quote unquote there for somebody does not mean sitting there and listening to them as they complain over and over and over about the same exact thing and do nothing about it. That We don't have to sit there and allow that and be a good friend. You know, some of the best friend advice I got was from my friend Susie, who told me one time, she said, you know, I am not going to engage anymore in conversations about you being unhappy in your marriage if you're not willing to do anything about it. And her setting that boundary and saying, like, listen, I'm not going to keep going back and forth with you on this. You know where I stand. And her setting that boundary then helped me do the things that I needed to do in order to well, really like end a bad relationship that I didn't want to be in anymore. And it, it was very, very helpful. So maybe it, this is a time for you to set that boundary and for you to communicate what your boundaries are around conversations that you guys have within the friendship and how maybe they affect you. You are not a bad friend for not wanting to sit there and listen over and over and over to the same story about your friend repeating the same mistakes. You Or I should say maybe if you wanted to be a great friend, a great friend would be somebody who would communicate their own boundaries and recognize when those feelings of resentment are growing and know how to communicate these in a friendship so that you guys can have a healthier relationship dynamic. You know, going through tough stuff and communicating problems in friendships, it does not mean You're a bad friend. You know that means that you care about the relationship. If we, I I once heard, was it the lack or the the opposite of love is not hate; it's indifference. So, like when we love somebody, there will be times where we're oh, we're so frustrated, and we're so mad, and we're so like oh resentful, but. That kind of passion and emotion shows that we care about the relationship. It's when we go, oh, I don't care. This person can do whatever they want that is showing that we're not showing up for them. So it might be a, a way for you guys to grow together at, like as individuals and in your relationship. If you practice setting some healthy boundaries and kind of modeling some boundaries and saying like, you know, I, I, I want to help you and I want to be here to like give you advice if that's something you're interested in. But it sounds kind of like you're just looking for somebody to agree with you or, you know, it sounds kind of like you are, this is kind of where, what you're choosing for you right now. And that's okay. I support you. and, And when you want to change, I'm here to support that too you know that's kind of how we have that conversation in a supportive and non-judgmental and not critical way. So these are difficult conversations to have, but I really think that practicing this and communicating these feelings and learning how to care without carrying will help you get the most from your friendships, have really healthy friendships and also not feel burnt out or burdened by uh, like feeling responsible for the actions or or um you know like emotional intelligence or education of other people, you know, when people are ready to to learn lessons in life, they learn them. And you know, I had a, a therapist once who said, told me when I was like kind of worried that nobody was take, listening to me or taking my advice. She said, "No ask, no advice." And you know how you people. You know how to know if people want your advice, they'll ask you or they'll pay you for it. And that's it. So unless she's coming to you and saying, hey, you know, can I get your advice on this? It's just your job to show up and support her and love her. And, you know, if if you don't have the energy to do that or the space to do that right now, then that's okay. And you can take that time for yourself. So I hope this answers your question and I wish you the best of luck with your friend. And thank you again for listening. Here's a question I have. Uh, how come? We have to pay so much. For wireless phone service, I mean, it feels like everybody offers the same thing. Why are some people so expensive? Well, lucky for you and for all of us, Mint mobile is there, and they 're there for anyone who hates their phone bill. They have premium wireless service for just fifteen bucks a month that 's right. All plans come with unlimited talk and text high speed data delivered on the nation 's largest 5 g network, and you could choose from plans that are just three months, six months, twelve months, and you can say goodbye to that monthly phone bill. That's ridiculous. And don't worry, you can use your own phone at, with any Mint Mobile plan and keep your own phone number along with all of your existing contacts. So just switch to Mint Mobile and you'll get your first three months of premium wireless service starting at just 15 bucks a month. To get your new wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month and get the plan shipped to your door for free, go to mintmobile.com slash TCE. That's mintmobile.com slash TCE. Cut your wireless bill down to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com TCE. TCE, additional taxes and fees and restrictions apply, and see Mint Mobile for details.
3: Hi, I love your British welcome caller device thing, robot, whatever. (laughs) That was awesome. Anyways, uh, long-time listener, really excited you guys got a phone number. Um, I wanted to ask y'all about investment in a relationship. So I have been with my partner for two years. We are in our 30s. Um, I'm a single mom. I have an eight-year-old. And my partner I actually knew from back in high school. We uh, were really good friends, even had like a short fling when we were young and went our own ways in life. And 10 years later, met back up and fell in love and started dating. And we have, you know, a really, really beautiful relationship. I was probably the happiest I've ever been. Uh, in a relationship, and I decided to, you know, just go all in, laid all my cards out on the table, and I felt like that was well-received, and I was on the same page. Uh, a couple months ago, however, I uh, got a pregnancy scare, and his reaction to that was very much so like he wasn't ready for that level of commitment And that was his his like biggest concern around it was the commitment that it takes to start a family with someone, be in a family. And I'm taken aback by that reaction. You know, he's around me and my kiddo. Um, I thought we were heading towards a family unit type of dynamic. Uh, ever since then, uh, I ended up deciding to terminate the pregnancy, which is, Really hard to experience and process alone. I have fertility issues, also I have endometriosis, and my next step is a hysterectomy. So, I kind of feel like it was a big thing for me to accept uh, the termination and all that. So we're kind of processing two different things. He also, you know, was really traumatized in his previous relationship of six years, and so. Stirred up like a lot of stuff around commitment. So ever since then, it seems like his investment has been, like he's trying, he's trying to show up and he's trying to be here, but he's not very present anymore. And I am constantly worried about the investment, like if I should pick it through or, I don't know, it's just a really hard situation
0: well, first I want to say thank you so much for being a long-time listener and for reaching out with your question. You know, I'm so sorry to hear about the challenges that you're facing in your relationship. You know, it really sounds like you've been through a lot and you're navigating some real complex emotions in all of this. You know, I I just want to acknowledge first like, the strength and bravery that it takes to share your story, like not just on here, but, you know, with your partner and and just talking about all of this, you know, and even just making difficult decisions about your pregnancy. These are really emotional and and difficult things to do and are so layered and have to do with, you know, the future and identity and family and so much and so it's so important to prioritize your own well-being and make choices that feel right to you, you know, and So, like, I just really want to just, like, take the time to acknowledge, like, everything that you're going through and all the emotions that could be involved in that and, like, all of it. So just give yourself grace and give yourself some compassion if things feel, like, overwhelming and kind of, like, I don't know, messy right now, like, emotionally, because there are a lot of things you're dealing with. Like, it's, like, emotional soup that you're experiencing. I'm sure, and a lot of thoughts and a lot of anxious feelings. So just understand that that is very normal and understandable for everything that you're going through. And you know, regarding your partner's reactions and how it's affected your relationship, it it sounds like there's some previous relationship trauma and some concerns about commitment that may have resurfaced things that may have been buried from you know past relationships or some fears or some yeah some really just some concerns that that are coming up now and these kind of concerns and these kind of fears when we have them they have a significant impact on our ability to be fully there and engaged in the relationship. And it sounds like maybe these fears or these concerns that he's having about commitment are affecting his ability to show up and his ability to kind of be present. And it's understandable that you would feel worried about, you know, his level of investment or his ability to be present, especially when you see it maybe changing after something significant like this. So, you know, Once again, my answer is going to be something that it it so often is, and that's say it with me: communication. That's right. You guessed it. Open communication is so key in situations like these. You know, this is one where you guys have to communicate fears and worries, and and talk about what these kind of changes represent for you and and what emotions are attached to them and beliefs are attached to them. Like if we had this, what would change for us? You know, all of those kind of things are, are, hard to do, but you've got to have these honest and heartfelt conversations about these concerns, about your hopes for the relationship, you know, all the stuff. So share share these thoughts, you know, and, and we're going to practice that that formula for good communication. Once again, you know, it's, it's making sure the environment is right, making sure that you're doing this at a time of low stress and a time where you're feeling um, a little more connected or at least on the same page as far as emotional availability, you know, for each of you at that time. And just start sharing, you know, share how you feel, share your thoughts on how you envisioned building a family together and share how the reaction to your pregnancy scare has affected this perception or this belief about what your guys' future would look like together. And you know, because this is so layered, and because this is something where it feels like there are both of you dealing with um a lot of uh, yeah like fears and and concerns here, it may be really helpful to seek a therapist or seek a counselor who can help kind of mediate this conversation. you know I know that is a difficult process and and a difficult thing to do but you can in the same way that you called and left this voicemail and you know shared the the main facts of what you were going through you know you can find a a therapist or um yeah like a therapy group where you can email them and say this is the situation we're looking for somebody to help like help support each of us in having this conversation and they can really help navigate those difficult conversations and help address underlying relationship issues in a way where where you don't dive into talking about other things or go down you know some some paths that may be. Uh, aren't helpful for the conversation. So I, I really do think with something like this, this is the a great time to utilize a therapist or just really get good at practicing some real honest, congruent, difficult, challenging conversations together and, and creating that safe space to be really vulnerable. So, you know, this it sounds like you're going through a lot right now, so remember to seek a support system. you know, lean on friends and lean on family, and you know maybe it's getting your own therapist and talking to somebody yourself. This is something where the future of your relationship really depends on the willingness to commit and the the willingness to have these kind of hard discussions for for both of you and your willingness to work through these kind of things together and and you know a good relationship isn't one that has no problems and has no you know like highs and lows kind of thing it's instead one where inside those and through those highs and lows and and in all of the crap can work together and have healthy communication and lean on each other and like navigate those tough times together that is what builds healthy successful you know good strong relationships so i just really wish you strength and clarity as you Navigate this difficult situation, and remember that you deserve a partner who's fully invested. But you know, sometimes we are caught up in our own feelings and thoughts and worries and fears, and it becomes hard to be invested. So, um, give yourself grace and understanding, and and the benefit of the doubt, and do the same for your partner. And uh, uh, good luck in communicating. And thanks again for listening. Before our next question, let's talk about what you guys all know is my favorite sponsor because... We all love saving a whole bunch of money, and Rocket Money is the app that is going to help you do that. Rocket Money is all about helping you with your personal finances. Rocket Money is going to cancel your unwanted subscription, monitor your spending, and help you lower your bills. I see all my subscriptions in one place, and if I see something I don't want on there, all I have to do is click a little cancel button just with a tap. There you go. I never have to get on the phone with customer service and i love that and they'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple of months for wasted money and negotiate to lower bills so you can save a whole bunch like up to 20% off of bills that you're already you know you're already paying these these guys are going to negotiate it on your behalf it's great i've saved so much money rocket money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over 5 million, oh my God, 500 million, hello, in canceled subscriptions. So stop wasting money on things you don't use. Cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash TCE. That's rocketmoney.com slash TCE. Rocketmoney.com slash TCE. There
4: you go. Hi, Sarah. Um, I am in a relationship of about eight months and things are going well, except um, this is my first real relationship since ending a nine-year long-term partnership, and I am enjoying the relationship a lot, but my boyfriend's history, we're both in our late 30s, is that he is more or less single or in short-term relationships. I am incredibly triggered by thinking about him out and about, having casual sex with people on the apps, all things that I have never done. Uh, I've had plenty of sexual partners, been in plenty of relationships, but um, just being on the apps and being kind of casually dating has just never been my MO. I'm a relationship girly. So how do I either keep from getting triggered by this or potentially talk to him about it in a way that doesn't make me sound insane? Thanks.
0: Thank you so much for this question. You know, first I really just want to validate how freaking hard it is to date after being in a long-term relationship or after a long-term relationship comes to an end. It sounds like even though you're in a really good relationship right now, there may still be some emotional healing that needs to be done. It sounds like there may be some lingering feelings or some insecurities or maybe some trust issues that are important to acknowledge and kind of work on so that they don't become bigger issues than maybe they need to be in this new relationship. I know for myself, it can be so helpful when I have an awareness of what expected behaviors or expected reactions to Common situations are. For example, very common situation dating after ending a long term relationship. So maybe we can talk a little bit first about some of these challenges or difficulties that people may face that are super common for people to face when they are in a new relationship after ending a long term one. So First of all, we have comparison and expectations. You know, it's so natural to compare new partners to previous partners in long-term relationships. And you may have these certain expectations based on past experiences. You know, you may have a belief about what people who are, um, I don't know, sleeping around on apps or who are hooking up on apps are like in relationships. This may be something you're carrying in from your past relationship that can be negatively impacting this current one. So being aware of these comparisons and managing your expectations can help you navigate this challenge. You know, Also, very obvious, we have that fear of vulnerability, you know after being in a long term relationship, it might be really daunting and and scary to communicate in a new way in this new relationship to maybe bring up things that were worries or fears that you had in your past relationship uh, things that you weren't able to bring up and now you want to like start a conversation about that and and change the communication in a relationship, hoping that you're going to get a different result, that is a super vulnerable and scary thing to do. So give yourself time to practice this and learn this and trust that communication might be very different with this person that you have now than it was with your past partner. And even though it's super scary, being vulnerable and communicating these things is how We get our needs met and how our partner knows how to respond to us and how we get the best out of our relationship and out of our partners. It's also really common for people to bring in these old scripts or old stories from past relationships. That may not apply, probably don't apply to the new one. You know, every single relationship is different, and you have to adjust to a new partner's communication styles and interests and their expectations. And there's a big old learning curve to this. You know, it takes some time to find that balance and learn how to communicate these things. But the more we practice, the better we get. And of course, with the end of any relationship, there's going to be past baggage, you know, whether it's unresolved issues from previous relationships, beliefs about yourself that you picked up from your partner in the past, or trust issues you had from past actions of other people. You know, we have to be aware of these and not bring these into the new relationship. And there are things that you can do to really work on that because this sounds to me like a lot of fear, a lot of doubt, a lot of worry, a lot of anxious thoughts and story that you're kind of creating in your mind about what it means if somebody dated around or used the apps or hooked up. You know, it's so important to remember that we have to look at the person that we have with us right here, right now, not... The actions that uh, they had or did in other relationships, I and mean, yes, of course, people's past do contribute to the person that they are today. But if your boyfriend is showing up as a present person in the relationship and uh, you know committed to the relationship, then that's the stuff to look at. Who is the person he's showing you that he is? Not who was he when he is a single guy and and looking to. I don't know. Get specific physical needs met. This is where we have to look at. What meaning do you make from this? What do you believe about that? Do you believe that somebody who uh, used the apps to get their physical needs met doesn't care about relationships, or is going to cheat, or is looking for something else? These are the kind of things that you can discuss in a healthy conversation about expectations and fear and should share with your partner. And there are ways to do it that don't sound like judgy or accusatory, but in order to be able to communicate like that, you first have to do the self-exploration and maybe engage in a little self-reflection to see what your beliefs are about these actions and, and what you think this says about you and the relationship. I have always been a huge fan of journaling and this is a perfect kind of thing to write out and to like get your feelings out on paper, you know, taking some time to reflect on those triggers and why they bother you, you know, help yourself understand what your values are and what your boundaries are. You know if this is a boundary for you, if it's like I need to be with somebody who has certain beliefs about sex, then maybe that's the problem. Maybe it's a belief about sex that you have um that may be different than what you think he has. This is just really gonna be a time to practice self awareness and really get your feelings out so that you can work on how to communicate these to your boyfriend in a healthy way and when you feel ready. And you have this understanding of the meaning that you're making from this action, then you can have a conversation with your boyfriend about these concerns, you know, and it's going to be the same formula for healthy, good conversation. You know, choosing a calm time when you both can communicate effectively, when people don't feel rushed or, you know, when it's not like used as ammunition or fuel in another fight. You maybe know that thing where you know you're fighting about something that's like a two out of ten of the seriousness scale, and you just feel that intensity build and build, and you just are mad. So you decide to pull out of your back pocket the conversation that you've been meaning to have for so long, but now is definitely, definitely not the time. But you already feel ragey, and you just want to like drive the point home. Yeah, let's not do that. We're instead going to be practicing that healthy, congruent communication, talking about your feelings using those feelings words and I statements. And remember that, like, this is a time for you to be vulnerable and just emphasize that this is you sharing your feelings. You know, you are not pointing the finger. You just want to talk about how you feel. And a phrase that I love to use, and feel free to use this one, is "I I feel like I have a really anxious, crazy brain. And why not just label it as that? So sometimes if I feel like I'm worried or anxious about something, then I'll use my, blame it on my crazy, anxious brain. So I'll say to my partner, like, okay, I know this like sounds crazy, but my crazy, anxious brain is saying that because you were you know, hooking up with some people on the apps before that you're going to get bored of this and want to go hook up with people on apps now. Is that just my crazy brain or like, tell me tell me why I need to not think this? See, that is like a not judgy, not accusatory. Really, you're just like sharing what's inside your own head with your partner and filling him in on the story that you've created so that he can maybe... Set you straight and say, "Oh no, man, that was what I needed then, but what I really want is like, I, I don't want to be doing that. I don't want to be you know chasing tail all around town. I want to be in a committed, healthy, happy relationship. And there you go. that's what we listen to. that's what we believe. So remember what is the meaning that you are creating from this? What is the belief you have about those actions and what it says about your relationship, and then communicate this to your partner and share. And, you know, instead of focusing on his past experiences, focus on your needs, you know, shift the conversation more towards what you need in the present relationship and what you want for the future. You know, this can be your desire for commitment, emotional intimacy, monogamy, you know, all those things that you may be worried about or fearful of. Talk about your values, what makes you feel secure, and do this in a way that's talking about the relationship now and in the future, not what he was doing in the past when he wasn't in a committed relationship with you. And how about also let's give your boyfriend an opportunity to share his feelings and his experiences. You know, ask questions to understand where he stands in terms of his own desires and his expectations in the relationship. And this is going to help bring you guys closer in the end, right? And you want to together define what your boundaries and expectations for the relationship are and what you're both comfortable with. Maybe you're going to have a few more boundaries or rules around communicating relationships Uh, Of the past or how things were in the past, you know, some people don't want to talk at all about past hookups. You know, so if that feels like something that maybe makes you feel a little bit jealous or maybe paints too much of a mental image in your head, then that's a boundary you could set. You can say, "Hey, you know, I I don't mind if you talk about your exes in context of like benefiting our relationship, but you know, I don't want to hear stories about you hooking up with them." totally fair that's you setting a boundary so set the boundaries find a compromise communicate your feelings but remember that a person's past is their past and their actions of present are what help make the relationship what it is today so start with that self reflection you know journal out your feelings understand what it means or what belief you have about somebody who engages in those activities and then share your feelings with your partner. And if it feels like it gets too intense, then this is the perfect kind of thing to use a therapist for, to help kind of mediate those conversations and help identify those triggers and understand what actions or behaviors may be contributing to those. But I wish you guys both the best and um, I wish you a little healing in your heart and less anxious thoughts. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for your question. Well, before we dive into our next question, let's take a minute to talk about one of my favorite sponsors. It's Wild Grain. And Wild Grain, if you guys have not tried this yet, is the first ever Bake from Frozen subscription box. This is where you can get all these amazing sourdough breads, fresh pastas, uh, the most delicious croissants that you can bake fresh from frozen in 25 minutes or less. You don't even have to thaw it out. You just throw it in there. It's super easy. It makes your entire house smell like a bakery. It's delicious. And right now you can fully customize your wild grain box. So you can choose any combination of breads, pastas, pastries, whatever your little heart desires. You can even build a box of just breads if you're somebody like me who just wants all bread all the time. Uh, So now for a limited time, you can get 30% off the first box plus free croissants. Yeah, those delicious ones I was talking about. Free croissants in every box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE to start your subscription. You heard me. Those free croissants in every box and $30 off your first box when you go to wildgrain.com slash TCE. That's wildgrain.com slash TCE, or you can use promo code TCE at checkout.
1: Hi, Sarah. So I'm talking to this guy. Well, we've been talking for about like a week and a half, maybe coming around to around two weeks soon but we've been like going really fast like I don't know if you have like a definition of what fast is or if there's even a definition of that but for example like he has already asked if I would like move near him and he said he's like I don't know he wants to like help me out in ways like that I can afford. So it's just like a lot, I think. And I really do like him and I want it to be true, but is it just me not feeling accepting of these things maybe? I don't know. Also, he invited me to a place, but his parents will be there. I just don't wanna give way too much about about where I live, but that place like with his parents, like isn't that soon? I seems soon, I really like him and he's so cute. I don't know. He's so cute. He, like, is a farmer. Ugh. He has four sisters
0: and four brothers. I don't know. Ooh, it sounds like my, or at least feels like, my spidey senses are telling me that your spidey senses are telling you that mm, you enter with caution or proceed with caution. Because there is no, I don't know, set definition of what, quote unquote, too fast is or how fast a relationship should move. But we do have this like internal guide or indicator of what feels uncomfortable for us. And it sounds a little love-bomby here to me. It sounds a little bit like a uh, Us being together will make all of your problems go away, or, you know, move closer, do a lot of readjusting or changing of your life for the relationship. And that is a lot to ask of somebody after just two weeks of knowing them. I'm all about, uh, you know, being head over heels in love with somebody. I'm all about like diving in and going all in, but I am not about people losing themselves or getting swept up in somebody else's life or somebody being in some way manipulative or controlling or doing that love bomb stuff that, let me tell you, it doesn't end well. So let's talk about both sides of this. So on one hand, like I said before, you know, there's no fixed definition of what's considered fast. You know, every relationship progresses at its own speed and it can depend on the, um, I don't know, the family that the person grew up in or the relationship dynamics that they're comfortable and familiar with. Like for example, you know, my boyfriend has a family that's really close and they spend a lot of time together and they're really, uh, they love being involved in each other's lives and doing a lot of things together as a family. And because of that, it was very normal for me to meet his family pretty quickly. You know, it was was probably within the first two weeks that I went out to dinner with his whole family and got to know them or that he introduced me to all of them. And it wasn't fast because we see their family probably once, twice a week. So it seems pretty normal. And it was just kind of him integrating me into his life. Now, this is very different if it's like, I want you to move in with me. I want you to uproot your life and... uh, There were maybe other expectations of you that came with meeting the parents, but maybe this is just something that is normal and typical for him. Let's play devil's advocate and play that side of it. But I also feel like it's so important for you to trust your instincts and really evaluate whether the speed of the relationship is something that aligns with your comfort level and your readiness for commitment. Because I am just picking up by the tone of your voice that you sound a little hesitant to do this, or this is something that might be uncomfortable or unfamiliar for you. And we never want to put ourselves in a position or, or say yes to something that makes you feel uncomfortable. You know, this is so important to communicate your boundaries and, and go at the speed that feels the best for you. And how somebody responds to these boundaries or the the setting of boundary and like going at the speed that works for you is going to tell you a lot about how he cares about you and what his priorities are and and how his communication is in a relationship. You know, if you tell him that, you know, I really want to just kind of like take my foot off the gas here and just like enjoy the relationship as it folds and not rush things. And, you know, maybe let's go on a few more dates before I meet your parents. You know, I I think that's a big step and I really want to know more about you before I do that. If only to have something to talk about them with, you know, make it casual, make it light. If he responds to that as like, this is a bad thing, or he says that it negatively affects your relationship because you don't do this, then that would be a big problem for me. If somebody said like, oh, what, you don't care about me, or I guess you don't want to be in this relationship, that sounds manipulative and, and forceful and not something that sounds healthy to me at all. So really take the time to reflect on how you feel about these expectations that are set by this guy. You know, if he has the expectation that you have to meet his parents or the expectation that you need to move closer, like that's, that's sounding a little bit like codependent relationship, a mesh enmeshed relationship. Like, I don't know, I'm getting, I'm getting some, some red flag vibes from that. So I really want you to trust your feelings and your intuition here. You know, when it comes to navigating the pace of this relationship or the dynamic of this relationship, you know, take some time to evaluate that. Say like, what feels good to me? And know that saying those things and, and communicating what feels good to you should never negatively affect the relationship in a way where somebody goes, oh, you're setting this boundary, you don't want to see my parents, well I guess you don't care about us then. That is ooh, not healthy, not how it goes. So set those boundaries, communicate those boundaries, but also understand why, you know, it is okay to communicate your feelings about your readiness to see the parents and you know, suggest maybe even postponing that until, I don't know, a time where you guys feel like the relationship is a little bit more established. But his response to your setting and, and reaffirming your boundaries is going to say so much about the health of the relationship and his ability to match your emotional maturity and his respect for your boundaries. And so that is what I think you, you should kind of look at as an indicator of like, is it too soon? You know, if somebody is forcing you into a situation or making you feel like you setting these boundaries is going to negatively affect the relationship, then that's bad news bears. If somebody is just maybe familiar and used to, uh, you know, spending a lot of time around the family and that's why he wants you to meet them, then maybe that's not the worst thing. And maybe it's just something new and unfamiliar to you, but listen to your gut. I'll say it again and again and again, listen to your gut, trust your instincts. And if it's something feels uncomfortable and too fast for you, then set that boundary, You know, communicate those feelings. And it's okay to say, I'm not ready for this, or this is too fast and you want to go slow. And that doesn't mean that you don't want a relationship with a person it just means that you want it at a speed and at a pace that works for you and what isn't healthy about that so i hope this answers your question and thank you so much for your call best of luck to you well those were some great questions once again i want to thank you guys so much for your vulnerability you know i am so touched by all of the people who take the time to call in and I just like love that we can have this community where it feels safe and we can be vulnerable and, you know, I can share stuff. the the real stuff about my life. And you guys can share with me some of the things that you've gone through and we can help each other get through this very difficult world than like life that we're living. Right. Um, So if you guys have a question for the show, remember you can always give us a call. The number is 313-338-8828. That's 313-338-8828. And you don't have to talk to a real person. You just get to hear our producer's adorable British voice uh, on the other line. And you Get to leave a message and uh that's yeah super easy super like no stress and I will get to all of your questions thank you guys again so much for listening And have a super happy Valentine's Day, you know, hug the one that you're with. And if the one that you're with is yourself, then wrap those arms around yourself and give yourself a big squeeze because you are doing something awesome to take care of yourself today by listening to this episode. Hello, that's amazing self-care. So pat on the back to you for that. And we'll uh, see you next time on This Changes Everything. Bye.